The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Monday's here. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. We're just going to have a good old-fashioned witch fest today. Happy Halloween. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We are streaming across your different platforms in StreamYard. You can uh, tune in that way on ESPN Lincoln and ESPN Lincoln's Twitter and Facebook. Also, the Hale Varsity Radio tab at HVarsity Radio. Watch the show that way. Interact, contribute, uh, do what you want to do or need to do uh, when it comes to uh, recap in Nebraska, Illinois. If you moved on to Minnesota, got it. We can talk coaching search, which we will. And uh, another statement opportunity on Saturday. can call in. We have open phones all day except for five with Coach McBride. You're welcome to chime in. Uh, We'll take some of your uh, analysis as well if you have thoughts on how to make Saturday a lot better moving forward. 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. can email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. So Nebraska Falls against... Now, dare I say, what, 14th ranked Illinois? 26 to 9. And it's, it's interesting to, uh, to look at that second half. Really, really tough to watch if you're a Nebraska fan. First, uh, offensively. Defensively, listen, uh, it wasn't ideal, but they played well enough to not only keep you in the ball game, but you'll take that defensive effort by Nebraska this Saturday and every Saturday to to follow uh, based on the offenses you're going to see. It's not like they were perfect, far from it, but they were good enough. Good enough uh, with a little bit of help and a little more fortunate from the health side of things. It could have been a much closer game. Now, Illinois, as good as advertised defensively, uh, when the – Second team went in. Uh, when the backup quarterback went in, all was lost. I don't know what Nebraska could have done uh, except maybe play a different quarterback. And even then, we don't know that it would have been a lot closer. Who's to say you're not in some obvious passing situations because your your run game's inconsistent and you're asking Smothers, not Chuba, to throw under duress. So... Uh, easy to say why the hell didn't they play Smothers, and I was saying it, and I'm still saying it. Uh, we don't know that it would have <laughs> worked out any better. Uh, so we'll dive into all of that, but really, Elijah, just a tough outing for Nebraska. 
the Huskers exposed. I look at this this staff. I look at Mickey. I look at, at Whipple. I look at the defensive side. They've looked prepared in every ball game post-Oklahoma up until the second half of Illinois when when Casey Thompson went out. They looked ill-prepared with a backup quarterback. And, and to Mickey's point post-game, he's like, look, there's a big old gap between one and two in a lot of places in college football, with the exception of Manhattan, Kansas, apparently. <laughs> so that's that's where I want to go a little bit today. What what can you do between yesterday and Saturday to get ready to at least competitive? I think it's a big ask to go get a win against P.J. Fleck and his Minnesota team if you, if you don't have Casey Thompson. But you got to be a little bit more ready. You got to be ready to compete and have some sort of option and plan, figure out what your kids can do best and try and lean on that. And if you don't, I don't know what they can do best, figure out something, rep something, get ready and put up a fight, throw some punches back. Don't look completely hopeless and helpless in the second half. Well, it looked like that team came out of the the halftime talk and had already accepted defeat in that football game. Yeah. There, there, there was no fight after that. There was even a little bit of fight after Casey went down at the end of the first half, but it's almost like they, they went back to the locker room and realized Casey was out for the game and that there was, there was no reason to the, fight. The anymore. oh crap moment. And you even had a chance. It was 20 to 9. You get the ball at the Illinois 30 on they, a, on they a gift fumble. You, they they, give, give, you they fumble. gift you a, The doors opened back up for you. And, and what happens? You, you, you throw a pick on third down. You had points to make it an eight-point ball game, assuming the kick is good. That's a big assumption. I know. But <laughs> the point is, is it was there for you. And this isn't to, to pile on pretty, but I just haven't seen. I, I, I'm not a practice every day. I don't see what he does as a second teamer or a co-second teamer other than he's been Whip's guy uh, since the portal. And that's all well and good to be loyal, but eventually you got to figure out who's going to give you the best chance to win. That is, that is the offensive staff and Whipple's charge this week to figure out who's going to truly give me the best chance to win. What do they do during the week I can trust? And what do they do that, all right, Minnesota will, will give you. You can't take everything away, but they're going to take away a lot and you're down one handed. What can you figure out? That, do something to make it look like you're not playing a, a freshman offense. And, and I don't know what to, to scheme up based on what my offensive line shown, what do my backup quarterbacks do strength-wise. Uh, and what I've seen right now is they're afraid to, to ask Logan to throw the ball, and when they do ask Chubba to throw the football, bad decisions happen. Who's with us on who's who's with us on the horn? Got Chris on the line. Chris, fire off, get us going. Thanks for the call. Hey guys, great show. Um, sorry, it's got to be a, a, a lost Monday, but uh, it is what it is. You know, hey, no worries. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, the defense played, I think, their best, if not their second best game of the year. Because I, I and I said last week, I believe uh, that you know I thought the Illinois offense was was better than than advertised because they played some really tough defenses. And uh, and we held them uh, well below their yardage. Well, I mean, twenty, thirty yards below their regular yardage. Um, and uh, you know, so you know, that's something that uh, I don't know if Iowa 
uh, Wisconsin did, but uh, we were able to do that, and that was good. The, de- the I mean, the, the the one glaring, awful part of the defense was the the long touchdown to Williams, mm-hmm. but then uh, the the two. <laughs> Two touchdown passes to Chase Brown in one in one possession. The first one was called back, uh, and then they said, "Well, it worked once. Let's do it again." And it worked again. So that was that was their their big black eye. Uh, was was that Chase Brown? You you could ask cup. some uh, some defensive coaches whether or not they think that's a legal play or a a a little bit beyond a normal rub route uh yeah. too but you, you still got to adjust yeah. to it and it was still ran again on you and you got uh, okie doked yeah I, I do think that the purdy experiment we've seen him now in extensive time two games once against the worst defense in the big five probably oklahoma and threw an interception then and then we saw him this last week against a much better defense and did not look in any way ready to go uh, and of course, he had the debacle. You know, he has a turnover in all three appearances. Yes. Um, and and I also want to put to to rest the, what I've been hearing that you know, hey, if Casey hadn't gotten injured, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna keep on rolling. Well, if, if we're gonna project Casey, and because I, I don't think Casey's a very good quarterback, if we're gonna project him into the rest of the game. He was projected to throw five interceptions too. He was throwing one every 12 minutes. There's a lot of unknowns and, there, Chris. And so I, I, I think we were pretty much out of steam at that point. I, I disagree. Um, I think I think I, you've got the. We I, schemed, I, no, well, we let, listen, let listen, listen. You, you you have Thompson that's a thousand times better than than what they got behind him. It's a nine to six ball game with the lead before he goes out. You drop a touchdown or at least uh, the Ramir. If we're going to go hypothetical here. Uh, so the Ramir drop changed the entire ball game. Two plays later, Casey gets hurt. They're leading with Casey in. I know the interceptions weren't great, but he'd also hit his fair share of big plays uh, against that defense throwing the football. At least and there was what, some semblance of a threat to throw the football. Then it went all to, uh, all to hell as soon as you had to go back up, back up land. My point being that you know they schemed all these strange plays, which worked wonderfully, and it's too bad Ramir didn't hold on to that. But those didn't happen again. Those they were shut you down. You didn't have a quarterback that completed a pass. Um, so I mean, yeah, Casey's our best option, but he's you know, I mean, he's a turnover machine. Um, we've got to find a quarterback who, you know, and, and Casey was missing a ton of passes. I mean, he's just not. He was off. He wasn't comfortable. I give you that. And he, he has been for the last few games, and he was only hit that once, wasn't he? He got so, banged I mean, around a little bit. I mean, it wasn't. You know. he had, it was ten pressures and, and two sacks allowed, but half of those pressures came against Casey. Chris, appreciate the phone call. Thanks Thank for you. coming in. Listen, I, I Casey's not perfect. He is. He is. He is your offense. All right. He's the only thing offensively. Whipple seems to trust right now. You may or may not have that. Don't think you're going to have it based on Mickey's. Show comments last night, Elijah, and it, it's a it's a one eighty with and without him. Uh, the interception was not good, uh, where he got decked. the The other interception, he he had easy money for seven yards and some yak yards over the middle, and he forced it into four person coverage against Vocalex. So that was being a bit too greedy. But overall, uh, no, I mean Casey. Missed some throws, made some throws. And and he was, what, 572 yards in limited action? 
And I mean, with as much as you're going to turn to him, I I don't want to be on the just defend Casey outright because the the interceptions have been a bit of a problem this season. But you saw what they're placing in his hands. But you see what they're placing into his hands in the game plan. It's your entire offense right now is Casey Thompson and and Trey Palmer or whatever receiver gets open because they're, they're blanketing Trey Palmer. That's what your offense is right now. And I think even dating back to last season, we all called Adrian Martinez a turnover machine, but then he gets in a system that fits what he does better and doesn't put the entire offense on his shoulders. And look what happens. He's, he stops throwing interceptions. So while you can say, yeah, those interceptions have been a problem this season. I don't think that, that it's right to call Casey Thompson a turnover machine. And I think he did have this Husker team in a place where, you know what? They, they had a fighting chance in that football game, but as soon as he went to the sideline, the complete c- complexion of that game turned on its head. It was completely different from that moment on. And not to look too far ahead, but here, but it, it's warning bells moving forward. What the hell is Nebraska going to oh. do offensively? Because we saw without Casey Thompson, Nebraska did not have a passing attack, and with Nebraska's offensive line, they don't have a rushing attack. So, what is the offense going to be moving forward? Because right now. The entire offense is in the hands of Casey Thompson, and right now Casey Thompson is not well enough to be on that field. So what the hell do you do? No, and listen, defensively Saturday, Illinois was held to 13 points off of four, four turnovers. The one touchdown they got was returned to the 11. All right, that was the play that knocked Casey out. Mm -hmm. Defense did a great job in sudden change. In, in flipping it around, eventually you got stops. Now, you didn't you didn't always turn it over deep in your own territory, but the the problem is you turned it over deep in their territory a couple of times, which was very problematic. The fumble was was no good. And I think they got a field goal off of the the grand fumble where he got picked up and body slammed, and uh, the ball popped out because he's 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 in the air. So when you blow the whistle dead, and he got he got taken down like we're watching Monday Night Raw. Well, realistically, I think most Husker fans with a sense of realism knew some turnovers were going to happen on Saturday. It's what Illinois does very well, and if you would have told me before the game, yeah, Nebraska's going to turn this ball over four times and Illinois is still only going to score 26 points, I would have said, well, man, Nebraska probably has a damn good fighting chance in that football game. But instead, you get 30 yards of second-half offense. 29. 29. When that's all you can muster. two first downs. Pathetic. That's, that's, that's a pathetic showing from the offense, and that brings us to a point I'm sure we're probably going to get to later in this show, which is why did we only see Chubba Purdy in the second half of that football game? I, I, I don't. Here, here's, here's my reason for that, and we'll get into it. But Whipple is a, a throw-first guy. And I'm not defending. I'm saying here's, here's what I think his reasoning is. Uh, Chubba throws better than Smothers. I'm a throwing guy, uh, and this is how we're going to roll. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live and die by it. Well, you died by it. So now, are you able to coach him up between now and Saturday, find some plays he can execute, or can you go with the running quarterback that you didn't recruit, that you inherited, that's a tough kid? How much have we heard about experience all year? A lot. You've heard, hey, we, we're going to go with guys that are experienced. They know what it's like. They played the game. You've got a guy that 0-1-1 is a starter through no fault of his own against Iowa. Different system, different offense, totally get it. But you've got a guy that's tough and, while isn't flawless, he, it, as I sit here right now, he gives me a 10 times better chance to win than, than going with pretty. Get some quarterback run game going. 
get him moving in the pocket, dink and dunk, and on some play action, you can still try and unleash the big pass play. That's my formula. Easier said than done against a Minnesota defense that's top 25 good. And especially a Minnesota defense that knows your game plan is going to have to be running the football because you clearly can't throw the ball with your backup quarterbacks. I mean, and Grant's struggled running the ball, Elijah. Totally understand that as well. But if you have the one-two punch with quarterback run threat and Grant in some zone read... You, you, you have a chance. You, you, have, you have a better chance than letting Pretty back there based off what we saw Saturday of him throwing it. And I know he, he's mobile as well, but he's, he's just not trustworthy. You know, what do you trust right now offensively as a Nebraska fan? We'll dive into that. We'll get into the Mickey candidacy, uh, how big a hit that took. More of your calls coming up. It's Hale Varsity presented by Currency. Like what you hear, high-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you, Hail Varsity presented by currency emails to get to and phone calls to take. What do you do at quarterback if you put the old Whipple headset on? Bruce with us here to get. Uh, some insight. Moose, 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 not Bruce. I couldn't hear you. You tried to the, be a lip reader. <laughs> I could not hear you through the bulletproof glass. Moose, what's up? Thanks for calling. Well, do we need to discuss why we need bulletproof glass? That's a whole other matter for another time, probably. It came with the uh, the, the building, but uh, okay. proceed. <laughs> um, well, I hate to follow up who was clearly the president of the Casey Thompson fan club the last caller. Mm. Um, however, I don't think it's that bad with Casey. <laughs> uh, I think he's done a good job, and I think you have some good points. We were holding our own and then some with him in, and the defense did everything in their power after that, and there was just no offense. Now, I was there. Stadium announcer was saying smothers at the end of the first half. Was He just misspeaking or no no logan logan got in for four plays they went three and out and then the kneel down and then they went somewhere else uh in this in because it was 20 20 to nine and half all right right. after the interception yep and it went from 13 to nine to 20 to nine and then the reasoning being all right nebraska's down so the way to get back in the ball game is to throw the football well down 11 against the defense like illinois uh, any lead felt like, you know, a doubled score, quite honestly. Yeah, yep. so it, I, I, it was the exact situation we couldn't get ourselves into where we had to throw to get back into the game. And certainly, Purdy wasn't able to throw like we maybe hoped. Um, and I'm with you. I, would have, I wouldn't have minded seeing if we, if we were only down 11. Let's see if we can run with a, a dual threat in the back you know, with two guys in the backfield 
to see if we could grind it out and get some, something back in there. I, well, I don't and you, know. And you got the ball. You got the ball to start the second half, and you went with Pretty. I, and I, well, I would go as far as to say is it's, it's a fine decision to throw Pretty in there in the third quarter, but as soon as you're not moving the football, it's inexcusable to keep Pretty in that game after the interception. The interception in the red zone was where you should have pulled the plug on Purdy and said, gone, gone elsewhere. I, I know you think the best way to get back in the football game is to throw the football, but in reality, the best way to get back into that football game is to just move the ball any way you can. And clearly, clearly, you could not move the football with Chubba Purdy throwing the football. Well, and it's, it's not that, that he doesn't have ability. I just don't care for the decision-making right now. I mean, you, you already had two interceptions, right? And, and then in the second half, you go... You go minus one again with the fumble and then the interception at the 30. That was a pretty throw. So just cut your losses and, and figure a way to, to grind it out. And I know they're not a, a great offensive line, so you're not running the ball well. And the big play has been what you've leaned on, Moose. So right, right. you're kind of up a crick without a paddle. I don't know what you do if you're Whipple, but I think you're better. Your safer option taking care of the football to me would have been Smothers. Well, I think the game just looks like it's moving a million miles an hour to Purdy still. That, the game hasn't, the proverbial, the game hasn't slowed down for him because it's like you said, he can throw. We know, at least we think we know he can throw, but it's the decision making. Everything's happening too fast and he's not seeing the field the way we would like for him to see it. What, what you've um, seen in, 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 I mean, Florida State thought he could throw, Pitt thought he could throw, Nebraska thought he could throw, Whipple thought he could throw, but it needs to translate to, to game action for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and my last question would be, I know the offensive line is weak, but Grant was get was he just doing all of that on his own? Like, where did that go? He, he tried to a, do a little too much, but at one point he was hitting 5.7 a carry. You could have stuck with it until they stopped it. I know it was inconsistent. You'd have a gain of 20 or a gain of 5, and then you'd have a no gain. But some of that was him, I think, trying to do a little too much versus going north-south versus east and west. Right. He wasn't beating those guys east-west. No. And then another just follow-up on that is the fact that Illinois decided, you know what, with the backup quarterback in, we're going to go back to our same old game plan that's worked all year, which is dare you to throw the football. We're going to bring that safety down into the box and And say – the other safety 40 yards deep. Yeah, and and say, you know what, (laughs) try to throw the football on us. uh, We dare you. And Nebraska dared, and they did not dare successfully. Moose, appreciate the phone call, bud. Thanks for jumping in. Uh, 466-377-6800-825-5865. Hindsight is 2020. That being the case, uh, the, the quarterback decision in the second half, Artez chimes in, says, love how the defense battled on the field basically the whole second half. Matt wants us to get to the uh, Dellinger article. We will. Really good write-up on his sit-down with Mickey. Uh, Matt also reminds it, yep, you had Grant averaging 5.7, and he gets nine touches in the second half. Someone needs to whack Whipple, slap Whipple, excuse me. And uh, Jeff says the offensive coaches did look lost once Casey went out. The Huskers could have kept running the game and uh, short passes and the running backs. Listen, you had a big old play to Vokalek that wasn't ultra downfield. I mean, it wasn't Johnny Mitchell or, or, or Matt Harrion deep to the tight end from, from back in, in yesteryear. But it was a sideline route that had just enough loft on it to, to turn into a big gain, a big play. And, and and listen, Casey was missing some throws, but he also hit some throws. I loved the the play to Alante. 
and oh, what could have been, right? I don't know that you hang on against Illinois. I don't know that Casey stays healthy. But if you're Ramirez and you catch that, you maybe take it to the house. You're at least in field goal range. You're not putting and, Illinois' defense in a place where they can pin their ears back two plays later? On, on third and 11. Mm-hmm. And you, you're, you're adding to a 9-6 to six lead versus a pick down to the 11, and then you're down and the air is gone. Who's on the horn? Got Pete on the line. All right, let's go to the phones. Pete, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey, how you doing today? We're good, man. Just trying to figure out what would have been a better call in the second half. Well, a lot of prayer, I think. <laughs> in, in in my opinion, I think Logan Smothers would have been better, but I don't think he got any reps during the week. I, I'm not sure the thing Casey got any did either. Oh, excuse me, I don't think Pretty did either. The, ba- the, the the sound of it. I mean, you had mental reps, is what Mickey was talking about. Guys needing to be ready. Well, that surprises me a little bit with uh, as banged around as Casey's been all year. You got to have your backup get reps in practice, don't you? Yeah, it's just uh, the coaching in some areas just baffle me. It's It seems like it's subpar of high school coaching. Um, some of the things, you know, we're not very good at pass blocking, obviously. But I think we could be better run blockers if they would just try. I think Logan Smothers would fit pretty good if they would practice run blocking. You know, ever since we went to zone blocking on the offense, we have not had a good offensive line. When you have a sign blocking on the offensive line, we, we had much better success. I'm, I'm not a big fan of this zone blocking because we don't seem to be able to do very good. But I think Wiffle is, doesn't want Logan Smothers. I think he wants to throw the ball down field, and I think he thinks that's the only chance of winning. But this offense has got to get to a ball control offense, let the defense do their job and just uh, do the best you can, you know. No, well, and, and Whipple's M.O., and it's worked for a lot of his career, and Pete, thanks for the phone call, but is, is to, to chuck it around and, and sprinkle in some run game. Uh, this is his system. This is his way. Is he going to be the old saying is adapt or die? Well, Nebraska died because they did not adapt in the second half with what they had. Uh, you had an inexperienced quarterback. You're asking to throw the football uh, four yards is what you got out of your quarterbacks after uh, Thompson left, got hurt, and your run game is is problematic. It comes down to willingness. Uh, you got an old dog, and, and, and I don't know if he has new tricks or can He's smart enough. He's a good enough coach to adapt absolutely to, to what – type of groceries you got in the old pantry, Elijah. And it just time will tell if he does that. Because the, the goal is to win the game, uh, be in the game. What gives? What, what's my personnel do best? Well, right now your, your, your quarterback right now is, is throwing too many picks for a short sample size. Uh, he shows great athleticism to get out of the pocket. But he's he's just right now a mess. Now well, you, you got a week to work with him, but I don't know if, if it's going to matter. And and it's, we've heard it's it mental and physical yeah. for him. How, right how many times have we heard it before over the past year? It's not about the X's and the O's. It's about the Jimmys and the Joes. It feels like every single coach we, we talk to will say something along those lines, if not those exact words. And when I look at this Husker offense, I'm not sure this is a problem with with Whipple 
dialing up the wrong things. I think it's just a problem if he doesn't have the Jimmys and the Joes to execute what he calls. That's and, what he's looking at too, isn't it? Well, yeah, because the simple fact of the matter is, is all year long Nebraska has struggled to run the football and the defense knows they're going to be running the football. In that second half, if you had Logan Smothers in the football game, the defense was going to know that you were going to be running the football. They, they had a scouting report, I am sure, for each backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. Just some, I'm, I'm sure that Mark Whipple had a game plan for each other quarterback just in case Casey got hurt. And if he didn't have another game plan, that is a disservice to your offense because you knew with that offensive line, there's a great chance that Casey Thompson was going to be injured for football games this year. So I'm sure he had a game plan for each of those quarterbacks. My question is, is do you just have the, the personnel, especially against a very, very tough Illinois defense, that's going to be able to go out and execute your game game plan for either of those backup quarterbacks you know what shifted right what shifted from the the score being 20 to 9 and here's smothers the last five six minutes of the second quarter to 20 to 9 halftime you get the football let's throw let's throw chubba in because in the heat of the moment you went with smothers after halftime adjustments, settling down, it's 20 to 9, you get the football, let's throw Purdy in. And again, their explanation, hey, you're going to have to throw the football to win it here. Some emails from Chad. Uh, Chad writes in Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Get to more of your calls coming up here, 466 3776 825 5865. How has Whipple gotten through life as a coordinator? I think Whipple just can't or refuses to run the ball. And that's how Nebraska gets stuff fixed, takes pressures off the quarterback, gives the line confidence. And if we're going to say running the ball isn't what Whipple does, then why the hell is he still on staff? Because the only way to fix this is to run the ball through power formations and uh, run deceptions. I, you know, may, and to your point, Elijah, maybe the soul line, what they do best is run block. We just haven't seen it. And history shows that against Rutgers, they couldn't run block very well. They had a tough time against Indiana run blocking. Uh, you had uh, better uh, performance against Northwestern in, in, in Big Ten play. All right. Uh, but, but overall, it, it's an emphasis. He's a, he's a throw-first guy well, yeah. with a little bit of a run game mixed And in. whenever your throwing game isn't working and your passing game is, isn't working, I don't think it's it's a surprise that Whipple decided to lean back on what he's comfortable with, which is throwing the football. But simply put, neither thing was working once Casey left the game. More of your calls on the way. You can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hail Varsity Radio. Can chime in. We're presented by Currency, 466-37-76-800-825-5865. Your biggest problem with Saturday was what? Dot, dot, dot. Don't think you can gripe too much about the defense. Uh, to me, it was energy in the second half. You had that kind of lost feeling once K went down, and I get it. But you just didn't have the same juice, and that's one of the biggest strengths of of Mickey. You, you needed to adapt better. Going to be an uphill climb anyway. You weren't going to win the ball game, likely. But the choices they made, in hindsight critically just wasn't the way to go reminder about getting buckled up using your seatbelt saves lives prevents injuries only if properly worn 
Buckle up. This message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Nate emails in with a bit of an explanation. This is uh, fair. And (laughs) I don't know that we'll get an answer if it's ever asked. But Nate says, hey, what about the coaches? Did the coaches know that Smothers was in? Did they get eight and six mixed up? Because it doesn't make sense. Well, this is really interesting from the ABC broadcast coming out of of, uh, halftime. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the sideline reporter, uh, was it Rinaldi? I can't remember who's the sideline reporter on Saturday. It's, it's the uh, the recruiting guy, Luganville. Uh, Luganville, you're right. Yeah, yeah. He uh, spoke with Mickey Joseph coming out of the locker room, and Mickey said, yeah, we're going to roll with Smothers here in the second half. And maybe he mixed up names, but something tells me that Mickey Joseph was not even close to anywhere in a position no, to make that, that decision. I, I think he was just deferring that over to Whipple, and if, if there's if, somebody to ask about if that, you it's saw, if you saw Smothers to end the first half, you're going to go back to him in the second half, you'd think. You would think, and, and, and that's what he said coming out of halftime, was that Logan Smothers is going to be our guy here in the second half, and then the commentators are all confused because taking the first snaps is, is Purdy. Mm. So I don't think this is a, a case of mistaken identity. I think they just made a switch at halftime and decided that Chubba did give them the, the best chance, but you never know. Whip, that, who's going to give us the best chance to win? Well, we're bleeped anyway, but let's go with Purdy. <laughs> It's my it's my whip impersonation <laughs> as he's as he's walking around halftime all sorts of pissed off. Hey, let's get Miyagi down here. <laughs> Casey, give me your shoulder. Give me your elbow, Casey. <laughs> Take the needle, son. Take the needle. Get back in there. Can you throw left-handed, son? <laughs> there it is. That I'm sure that was asked. <laughs> Who's with us on the Scott on the line? Scott, thanks for the call. Go ahead. Hi, how are you folks today? We're good. What do you think? Well, okay, I'm, I'm Scott. I'm the old program salesman guy outside the west side of the stadium over there. Okay, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you wear the, the, the Rogers jersey? I, yeah, I wear the, uh, jersey number 26. 26, yes, the, uh, yes, yes. Okay, yeah, Scott, good to, good. thanks for the call, man. I've seen you my whole life, bud. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, I just, hey, I don't know if you'd heard about... Belima, he was on a recruiting trip down to Kansas City, and uh, he went into uh, a ga- like a gas and shop and asked for directions. And he said, "How do I get to 4:35?" And the guy behind the counter said, "Try eating salads." No, oh, no, <laughs> that's pretty good, Scott. <laughs> do you do you have a Belima joke every Illinois post game, my friend, or is it just? That Just would be fresh. the only one. I'd be the same one every time. How do I get to fourth? Try eating? Okay. Hey, Scott, <laughs> any thoughts on the game, or are you just going to leave us with that? I'm just going to leave us with that. I'm just, it's, it's just kind of been disappointing, and we've just kind of reverted back to the late 50s, early 60s, and, yeah, it's just, just kind of sad right now. So. Well, Scott, thanks for the phone call. Appreciate you selling the programs as long as you have, man. Yeah, well, I just, you know, I just thought, well, we got to make light of what's going on, so let's do that. <laughs> How do you get to 435? Scott, take care. Appreciate it. There we go. I like was... Scott. Yeah, I, I also deal with trauma with uh, with humor, so <laughs> Scott is, is after me. Just uh, we're, we're, we're cut from the same cloth. How do you get to 435? <laughs> uh, Todd emails in, and, and Todd, I 
didn't completely read your email accurately Friday. You let me know about it. So we're, we're going to read this word for word, mix in a period or two, please, for future reference. Thank you for emailing, though. Appreciate you. Your thoughts on moving Palmer around in the backfield, swinging the ball to him, try and get him to make some plays. Teams do it all the time. Hell, do some wildcat with, wild with a super fast player that might make a man miss and go 40. Casey is scared to run usually, and Casey is a T.O. machine. Doesn't matter what plays are called, never throw to the defense. Don't bother reading my email on air. It won't come across correctly. <laughs> Uh, Todd, thank you for the uh, for the critique. Thank you for the email. So this is a longer email here from Sean in the cornfield out in Kearney. Sean, thanks for uh, bringing the world's best corn to us. If I'm not mistaken, Illinois is winning with mostly Lovey's players, correct? Yeah, sort of, kind of. I mean, DeVito was uh, an arranged marriage, as Bielema put it. I know Illinois has a couple of good portal players and a freshman or two that are above average. But before I jump on the Illinois bandwagon, I want to see the Mangino of the North keep his winning trend going for the next three years or so with his recruits. We must remember Illinois, though Illinois will always be Illinois, as Wisconsin will always be Wisconsin. Minnesota is always going to be Minnesota. Iowa will always be Iowa. Nebraska probably the only team that has the best chance someday to consistently break into that upper elite of the conference. The thing that's been different about Nebraska, and and good email, Sean, thanks for the email. Nebraska has shown the ability to to get high-level skill guys. Mickey's brought that here. What Nebraska's missing is the tenacity, physicality, and depth on the lines of scrimmage. That usually has never been a problem for Nebraska. Bo had good lines. You've got three guys from the Riley recruiting that are in the NFL. Okay. And and before that, Callahan had some guys that, that got looks in the NFL, and, and he's a vaunted NFL offensive line coach, right? Like, arguably as, as good as there's been. So, yeah, right now it's it's been – problematic on the offensive line and the defensive line. Now, the defensive line didn't play awful. I know Brown got his yards, and he had a couple of big runs, 17 and 21 yards, but he it was it was your, your nickelbacks that had a, a tough day, honestly, and some coverage mix-ups. But again, 26 points, 13 of which are off turnovers. Uh, not awful. Not awful. That's 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 half their points. I mean, defense played well enough to go win that football game on Saturday. It was the offense is is where we're looking today. I mean, give give credit to the defense; they were fine. They weren't outstanding. They they did enough to give you a chance to go win the football game. So that, that's about all I can say about the defense. They they didn't they didn't exceed my expectations. They didn't fall short of my expectations. They it, were they were fine. And Illinois didn't do anything to to give it to him either. I mean, mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of chances. Turnover-wise, except for the, I'm going to switch the ball in the middle of the field. Oops, going to knock it out. We'll wind down this first hour. More of your phone calls, emails coming up here on Hale Varsity. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. 
Get to more emails and comments here on the StreamYard. Brennan and Don and Jeff will get to your comments. Charlie McBride, 10 minutes away. Hail Varsity Radio is presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. And reminder about Red Zone tickets, selling fun since 2001. Need tickets? Want to sell some tickets? Red Zone tickets, uh, buys and sells tickets for all types of events. That's Oscar football, Oscar volleyball, NFL action, Creighton hoops, concerts, theater, CWS. And uh, you know what? Dave Matthews is going to be in Omaha here coming up here, Michigan weekend. So that is something. If you're looking to go see Dave, I know uh, buddy uh, Jeff the pharmacist and I are headed to that one. We are praying for an 11 a.m. Michigan game. <laughs> not a night game for obvious reasons in an Ar- in Ann Arbor. On uh, are you still going to that? It's, it's it's looking like a no. That's a no. That's a no. But back to Red Zone tickets. Uh, they are great local folks. They're located in Omaha. They are reliable. They're local. They are a A plus Better Business Bureau rating, and they guarantee one hundred percent all your orders. You'll get the authentic tickets and experiences. That you'll never forget, right? Think about the bucket list items you want to check out uh, concert-wise or sporting event-wise. Hey, they can make those memories that last a lifetime. Log on today, redzonetickets.com, redzonetickets.com. Don says Chubb is great at throwing to the other team. Uh, Listen, he's he's a talented quarterback that needs to show it on game day. That is the, the, the charge. If they say Chuba's athleticism is why, why they went and he's a better thrower, then get him ready. Right? They, he, he's still got to go do it. But get him ready. Well, it's, it's, it's one thing to have a good arm and look like a good quarterback in practice. It's a completely another thing to do that in a football game. Mm. You saw the pressure in his face on Saturday, and I'm not defending him by any means here. What an easy assignment. He did not step into an easy assignment whatsoever. And do I think if he prepares for week as a starter, we're probably going to see better from Chubba Purdy? Yeah, yeah I, probably. I, I, but they got to make sure they're asking him to do things that he can do. Or he's got to show them what he did in practice, or you've seen him do before, Elijah, that he can do them in a game. That's the big question, man. What, what can you trust offensively with this team, what you've seen through eight games? Now, Nebraska's record's the same right now as Texas A&M. There's been some peaks and some valleys, but you want to talk about uh, do or die? It, it, Nebraska's got to find a way to compete, squeeze out a win. Otherwise, I mean, a lot of fans are going to close the door if you haven't already. And towards the second half with that performance, a lot of folks checked out and got the hell out of Dodge. Don't blame you for it. Uh, it, it, was, it was tough. Minnesota's an interesting animal because they're Fleck will lose his mind if you say conservative, but he's also really smart and all he cares about is winning the football game. We'll hear from Fleck a little bit later. And he's, you know, you can say a lot of things about the guy, but he's a really smart coach. Guys are ready, they're developed, and they can go execute a lot of times. They don't really get blown out of the water that often. Steve, we'll get to your email coming up. Uh, Also, Jeff, your input. Brennan, we'll get to your comments as well on the defensive line. Coach McBride is uh, less than 10 minutes away. We'll get Uncle Charlie's take on Saturday and moving forward. We'll dive into the coaching search and uh, Mickey's 
bandwagon. Your thoughts next hour. Open phones as well. It's Hale Varsity presented by Currency. Each year, approximately 5,000 children are diagnosed with brain cancer. Of those children, nearly 30% will not survive, and many of those that do are left with debilitating side effects for life. We're asking you to help by tuning in to the 10th Annual Team Jack Foundation Radiothon presented by the Home Agency on September 29th. Become a champion for a cure for just $20 a month. Visit teamjackfoundation.org to learn more. Thank you for helping us fight for a cure. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back with you, Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio on a Monday. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. It's that time of Monday with Charlie. Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride. Coach, how we doing? I'm doing good. I can't uh, be across the lake, so I guess everything's okay. <laughs> Okay, over there. Rain, <laughs> so rain and clouds, or what are we looking at? Rain, clouds, and fog. That's that's not a a, a prediction for the the end of the season for Nebraska, is it? No, nah, it's just cold, cold air hitting warm lake. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Well, uh, a tough ball game, twenty six to nine. Nebraska falls to. Illinois coach I want to start there and what uh, what did you like on Saturday what what needed to get better on Saturday well I think the, you know there's there's some good things that you see and then those things kind of burn at the stake you know it's mm-hmm. um, interceptions turnovers um, all those things you know both both teams had a little bit of the you know, turnover problem. I think that uh, they're probably not all happy with all the things that happened there either. But you know, we uh, we just seem like uh, we. I don't know how much changing they did. That that's the one thing I don't know. But it looks like a lot of times the players, even in especially on defense, they lined up. They were confused. Mm-hmm. Uh, where to go, where to line up, and the ball was snapped a couple of times when they were in the middle of what I don't know. Uh, the one touchdown, uh, I'm assuming they were in a man coverage, and they busted the coverage. You could see that on television. It was, uh, you know, it wasn't a secret, but we used to call it uh, man coverage as a count defense. That's pretty simple. You count from the outside, one, two, three. And normally if you have two receivers wide and the one back in the backfield, you can count the X wide receivers, one, two, and three. And there's guys responsible for that. And who has the back in the coming out of the backfield is uh, at that. In that case was the, was the linebacker mm-hmm. and he didn't cover the guy. And um, that, simple <laughs> you know he's he's wide open and and things like that you can't have that kind of stuff happening 
that's that's you know, those are easy things to do, to to fix, but you just wonder how much reps they got in practice. At one time in the game, I heard the official say that I one of the quarterbacks hardly got any snaps at all during the week before the game. Now I don't know who he was talking about. But th- that was one of the reasons we always had four stations and we got tons of reps and things like that. And and you get all your quarterbacks, at least your top three, and maybe even four guys get a chance to get a few reps and stuff like that, and everybody's working. And, uh, you know, that's always been a hard thing for me to, to fathom that, you know, the people that have enough people to do it don't do it. Well, Charlie, I mean, Nebraska, not the first team, and I'm sure not the last team that has been taken to the woodshed after their starting quarterback's gone out injured. That's It happens in football. Oh. But I, I want to get your take on, on the play calling we saw offensively in the second half. That's been a, a hot-button issue today among fans and something we talked about a lot in the first hour. Did you have a problem with the offensive play calling that, that we saw once Casey Thompson left the game? Well, I, I can't, you know, the, the the play calling sometimes, if you're a good football team, it doesn't make any difference what the play is. You're good. You know, you, you can run the thing and, and, and make some production out of it. Or, you know, the, the problem is, is uh, if, if there's not, um, if you don't understand the play or you don't get enough reps on the play, the play could be a good play. But then you get out there and you haven't had enough reps doing it, and you haven't, and you get some pressure from somewhere you haven't seen in practice, or something like that happens. Um, and that's, of course, what they plan on on defense. That's what we look for. <laughs> we hope that happens when we're on defense, and and then when it does happen, you know, you look makes you look good. But um, so it, it's a matter of are, are you getting. Are, are you running a pro offense where you don't want the quarterback to do any running or any kind of anything like that? Um, then you better have an outstanding offensive line. Now, I I spent a lot of years, 14 of them, out watching the Cardinals professionally, and, and Warner was the quarterback, and he had to quit because he got – his wife just said, that's enough of hits mm-hmm. you've taken. I mean, he was the most – that quarterback in uh, the NFL because the offensive line was never any good. <laughs> they weren't any good, really. They, you know, they scrambled every year, and sometimes that happens when they're young. You know, kids are that 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 happens. I mean, I don't know how you, you, but you have to have you have to rep it and rep it and keep going and keep going. You can't just have two or three times a week or something like that at a play. You've got to keep doing it. And then if you have too much, you cut something out. Charlie McBride's with us Monday with Charlie Hale, Varsity Radio. Coach, that's just it. We, we've talked a lot about, you know, what quarterback to go with. The, the pretty kid uh, has a lot of ability. That's not translated in a small sample size, and it's resulted in turnovers. You had smothers in there and then he didn't go back to smothers and it was interesting that the mickey said we'll go with smothers in the second half i don't know if if whipple made a case for for purdy 
Nebraska changed because they said, well, we're, we're behind, so we need to throw the football. The, the, the long and short is this. What do you do moving forward if you don't have Casey Thompson? What, what can you trust on this offense? Well, the one guy that has the experience, and then, and I, you know, to me, the experience part of it is the most important thing. And Purdy has uh, got ability. I mean, he's, you know, people think he's a reject. He's not. <laughs> I promise you that. Uh, but you know, here you have a kid that started a full game uh, against a team that's a, a big rival in, in Iowa. And he's done some things. And, and you know the thing, I, I think he's greedy, one of those kids that's got a lot of class. He could have bailed out of here so fast. I mean, you know, and he's stuck. First of all, he's one of the first guys that committed. If he isn't the first, mm-hmm. he stayed with his commitment. And he did everything there was. And he doesn't talk about going anywhere. You know, he wants to play here. And you can only go so far, though. you got to be... <laughs> you know, real. And um, so there's a lot of other things involved that he may not even be aware of, you know. Um, But, uh, you know, I would trust him myself as a person just because of his background that he's had here at Nebraska rather than Purdy at this time. Mm -hmm. Game plan, what can you put together if you're Whipple? Uh, your offensive line's been hit or miss running the football. That's being kind. You've been hit or miss protecting the quarterback. And Illinois, uh, Illinois, a uh, defense that took away Palmer, right? He went from one extreme to the other. But there are mm-hmm. options. There are things you can do and call for a non-pass first quarterback. You know, I would look at the, the running back and the, the quarterback run as a way to, to maybe get something going on the ground. What Put your offensive uh, cap on for a moment, and what's the game plan Saturday to at least get something out of the offense? Right. Well, the, here, here's let me just say this before I answer that question: is it, if you know anything about their coach, his whole thing, his whole deal, he says we win on possession time. Mm-hmm. We've had a huge problem with possession time. Okay. We've got to find a way to keep the football, and we can't. One of them is don't turn it over. That's 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 the first one, mm-hmm. and the second one is be sure you're not running something that kids, the players are not aware of. You know, I mean, you can't just put in. I don't know. I don't. I don't think they put in a whole bunch of new stuff. I I don't. I think maybe one or two things which. You know, and, and and it may be that when you have when you see a lot of players playing at this time, some of them haven't had any reps maybe mm-hmm. at a certain play. I mean, you know, you have to go back and you have to, you know, examine yourself as a coach what you're doing. Now, as far as the game plan goes, you've got to find a way to keep the football, whether that means run the clock down, or that means get a running game. That's, that, of course, that was our whole thing. We had a good enough running game where we were at a good chance that we could maintain possession. I mean, I'd, we'd kick off and get the ball, and I'd look up, and there'd be seven or eight minutes off the clock, and we still have the ball in the first, you know, the beginning of the game. I mean, it's like, what? 
they're not even going to get a chance to get the ball. Mm-hmm. So, so there's a lot of there's a lot of things coaches can do, but the first thing you can't do is turn it over. And so you really have to be careful, you know, and you have to emphasize those things at practice: fumbling, secure the ball, and even with with our, you know, we have a good running back. But he's still playing in high school. He's going sideways. He's trying to beat people outside. It isn't going to happen. It isn't going to happen. If you're if you're all locked up in somewhere, don't try to beat him outside. Get up the field and take two yards instead of minus six, minus four. You know that kind of stuff. And uh, so I think there's some, you know, there's some real coaching got to go on. Some things that uh, you know you have to. I have. There's got to be other people you can put in there and and give a guy a break and, and, and stuff like that. But we don't run enough plays where I don't know how many guys even need a break. Well, Charlie, how far behind the eight ball is Nebraska in terms of that coaching and, and talent? Because Nebraska just went up against a team this weekend that, that turned those things around in two years in terms of turning the football over, becoming a tough football team, uh, developing <laughs> guys that from doesn't matter what their starting are developing them into quality Big Ten starters. Nebraska went up against a team over the weekend that has done that with Brett Bielema. How far away, in your eyes, based on what you've seen this season, is Nebraska from, from being able to make that jump? Well, it's you know it could go happen overnight to some. <laughs> it's an individual player thing on that. That's where you hope something all comes together. But I I still think that there's there's a, you know this team can this team can play a great football game and scare some people. My feeling about Nebraska is if I was a, a, an opponent, is boy I warn my players you better be careful because that you know they're not a bunch of little kids running around they can beat you. You know they have the the weapons to beat us. Mm-hmm. And and so that's where I think I think coaches are smart enough to know, you know, no matter how good the team is you're playing, smart enough to know that they can get beat. Mm-hmm. And um, that that's that's one weapon that Nebraska has, and it has the fans, and it has home advantage when they play at home, and things like that. And I've always said, you know, and. That we were, it was seven to nothing before we even started because of just because of our fan base and and playing at home. Coach, about ninety seconds, and we'll get back with you next Monday. All right, uh, how you feeling about Saturday? I feel good about it. Good for you. I think one <laughs> one of the yeah. no, I mean I always I'm not going to feel I I'm a, you know if you feel negative if if it's a negative feeling. You know, it's just kind of a hard thing to even think. Well, why? If we, why do we go there? Why? Mm-hmm. Are, why are we? Let's just stay home. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Sure. I want to go take a whack at somebody. If, you know, I mean, you know, they if they think they're so good, I'm going to show them who's boss. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. And and if some of these guys start showing people who's boss instead of, you know, playing brownies and fairies, and they all knock the crap out of somebody. Then it, then I feel better about it. But I mean, you have to play with blood in your eyes. Mm-hmm. You, you can't just wander around. I see guys chasing the ball half speed, and you know, never thinking that hey, if I get down there full speed, they may get the, I may get a fumble. I may get, to, I may block for an interception. I may, you mm-hmm. know, there's so many things 
that people don't understand. Mm. And they're young people, you know. And um, but that that's where that after the season's gone this far, that young people stuff is burnt out. Mm-hmm. Sure. Charlie McBride, a Monday with Charlie, Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride. Coach, uh, gear up. It'll be an 11 a.m. kick, and we'll uh, we'll be thinking about you in Lincoln, all right? Yeah, if I can wake up by then. <laughs> oh, I'll be I'll be watching that's gonna, for you, sure. You're gonna be pacing around the living room. I know you. Uh, <laughs> you'll be watching, Coach. Best to okay. you and the fam. We'll talk again next Monday. Okay, thanks for having me. I'll be back next week. <laughs> All right. Hope it's good. Okay. Take care. Right now. There he is, Mister Blackshirt, Uncle Charlie, Coach McBride. Blood in your eyes. We'll dive into uh, Mickey's candidacy. Open phones for you the rest of the show at 466-3776. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Big thanks to Charlie McBride. That full interview going to be on the podcast, Hale Varsity Radio, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. The full show also, of course, on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Hail Varsity Radio. Download, tell a friend, give us a reaction and review. Good, bad, or ugly, we'll take it. And uh, the Hail Varsity YouTube channel can watch the uh, the full video edition. So, Brett emailed in Chris at HailVarsity.com. What the hell is brownies and fairies? I was able to find it. It sounds a little Red Rover-ish, the game. Coach references once in a while. So, uh, per uh, Google, how do you play brownies and fairies? You have two equal teams. Okay. One team's the brownies, the other team are the fairies. The two teams line up and face each other. Behind each team, about 20 feet away, is a safe place. Suddenly, the leader may call brownies are coming, and then the, the, the fairies turn and run to their safe place with the brownies chasing them. So it's not quite Red Rover trying to break through the line, but it's a, a game of tag, so to speak, where you go try and tag somebody and then they're out. Hmm. And whatever team has the most people remaining, that's your ball game. Well, see, that could make a, a lot of things on a certain extra point attempt make a lot of sense from that game on Saturday. Maybe he's just playing brownies and fairies. Oh, yeah. He, he, he tagged him. He thought he was out. Yeah, that's gotten <laughs> a lot of social media reaction. Uh, not a good look. Maybe it was uh, something you want to have back. I'll just say that play, without naming names, sure. I'll, I'll just say that play exemplifies what Nebraska's offensive line lacks this season. Give a crap. It, it's it's that, that nastiness. And, and I, I have been on that at a much lower level, but I can tell you extra point, that position, it sucks. What you do is you sit there, and you try to get low, and you can't drive out of your block whatsoever. You just sit Being there. And six foot nine makes it more problematic. You, and you just let a defensive lineman try to run you over. That's what that job is nine times out of ten. So I can understand why you would say, you know what, I'm just going to try to stay low here, keep my head down, and keep my weight forward, and I'm not going to get knocked on my ass on this play. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it exemplifies that lack of nastiness. No, it's not fun, but you got to do what you got to do at a Division One Big Ten football school. It's about being physical, and that showed me a guy who was tired of being physical and was taking a playoff. You know what? I'm just going to sit here. I am going to let this guy try to truck me. I'm going to put my weight forward, and and we're going to call it a day. That's going to be the play. The, the extra point is going to be good, and I'll jog to the sideline. 
And by not having that that give a damn level, that that nastiness level, like ask yourself, would, a, would an offensive lineman in the '90s take that playoff? A Nebraska offensive lineman in the '90s? No, they're going to use that opportunity. You, you oh, you're going to try to jump through this gap? I'm going to make you regret you. that. I'm yeah. going to make you regret that. And Nebraska's offensive line, that to me just exemplifies the lack of nastiness that there is within them. You know what? We scored a touchdown. I've earned my right to a playoff. This guy's going to try to run me over, and it's going to be no fun. So uh, I'm going to take this playoff. going to keep my weight forward. Hope he doesn't knock me over, and I'm going to get back to the sideline. And you know what? The, the other guy out-efforted you. There's just a lack of nastiness within the Husker offensive line right now, and it, it permeates through to the entire offense. The, the there, fact there's, that- a, there's a lack of nastiness. There's a lack of execution. There's a lack of confidence. Mm-hmm. Period. And, and people have been all over Iola, and this will get into the coaching discussion, but you can't, you can flip attitude and want to quicker, right? But eventually you, you, you got to have uh, alternative options. That comes through recruiting and development, and that's why Nebraska was so is so heavy right now in the JUCO ranks for offensive linemen. They want alternatives to what they have. Why is he in if he's going to take a playoff? Uh, there's a there's too many instances of just getting beat. Tackle position in general, and it can get corrected, it can get addressed, but it's still can repeat itself that's that's unacceptable i'm sure it's been addressed in the team meeting room i'm sure it's been addressed by special teams and if your quarterback doesn't get knocked out who's to say nebraska's not within one illinois did you a solid by shanking an extra point early in that game made it uneven so it was a six point difference right and and then you you get back to even by not doing what you're supposed to do. And, and there's been plenty of former Huskers on, on social media that have gone nuts on, on that play. But it's it's a symptom of of just, to your point, just checking out. Email in from Stephen, chris at hailvarsity.com. I found it very interesting that a dropped pass immediately has such an impact on the game with the starting quarterback then getting crushed. Again, players put in position and don't make the play. Uh, you had Mickey talk about the fact that they repped that play. They repped that play. Really good play design on the wheel route to Ramir. Repped it 12 times. Caught it 12 times. But again, in the moment, how many touches in action has Ramir had? Not making excuses. He's had one draw play. That's it. And then he was in uh, a special situation set up for him. I'm sure they repped it in Memorial Stadium to him. And, and you, you got to make that play. There's nothing the coaches can do except uh, move on. And But that was that was a dagger, and then it was followed up by injury. Let's talk well, about well, – Well, just quickly, to, to your point, though, mistakes happen in a football game. you got to overcome it. It's how you overcome it. And you know what? Our, our running back slash wide receiver, he dropped a pass. He was an offensive lineman say, well, I guess it's going to be third and 11 now. We better lock in here, make sure we give Casey some extra time. Who's going to step up and make a play to make up for the fact that mistake has happened on a football field? I mean, it's a similar story to, to what you see on, on defense. You know what? The offense, they, they set us up with bad field position here based on a turnover. We're going to step up. We're going to hold Illinois to a field goal. We're going to get ourselves off the field. We're going to make a play. You saw a little bit of that from the defense, but... Who on the offense is going to step up and make a play whenever somebody else falters? It happens on a football field, but Nebraska doesn't have that within them right now. Let's dive into Mickey and his momentum. And Mickey's been really nice. 
up until, and I'm not saying he's not nice now, but there's a little bit more back-to-earth post-Oklahoma. You got a pass for that because of the situation that was. And, and then he reels off two in a row. And then you're not as ticked off. You look at the positive, so to speak, post-Purdue, and then you go into a bye week. And you had quite a bit of Mickey momentum. Has your opinion on Mickey getting the job full-time shifted after Illinois? And, and I think where you can have pause, and listen, I just want Trev to make the best hire so Elijah and I can start talking about postseason football. It's been a while, okay? I want somebody in here, Mickey or whoever, that can go recruit lines of scrimmage, develop and coach up, and if a backup's got to go in quarterback or wherever, it's not a complete bleep show. I don't, I don't cheer. We we talk about the content that's been presented, which is the uh, the second half specifically of the ABC broadcast. That's Nebraska Illinois, and what you saw, what we saw, isn't going to cut it moving forward. So when it comes to Mickey and his candidacy, there's a little more room on the bandwagon after the Illinois loss, right? And one win shouldn't give you the, the gig. A loss shouldn't exclude you from the gig. We're not crossing out names like all the Big 12 coaches that have been mentioned for the opening once they lose. Now, Mickey still has a lot of season left. Ross Dellinger's article with Sports Illustrated is a really long, good, in-depth look. And Mickey's all about recruiting. His recruiting philosophy is a little different than Trev. Mickey wants to go get dudes that can compete with the Ohio States and Michigans. Yes, you need that to be a playoff contender. Yes, you need that to finish in the top four of the Big Ten. But, you know, you've got to beat Wisconsin. You've got to beat Iowa. You've got to beat Illinois. You've got, you got everyone else in the division that's got your number. Period. Uh, you took on two teams from the East that are not good. You beat them. Good for you. You had a chance against Illinois. Your backups were not ready. Your backup wasn't good enough to do the things the starter's supposed to do. Clearly, there's a gap between starter and backup, but you didn't have them ready, or they may were they were supposed to be ready, but they didn't go perform with what you had planned. You didn't adapt your plan. Do you adapt your plan now going into Minnesota? But when it comes to Mickey and his candidacy, uh, it, it was it was swimming along, but you as a Nebraska fan right now, are, are you still on the Mickey wagon, 466-3776-800-825-5865? can also email chris at hailvarsity.com, or have you pumped the brakes on that with more of a national search? Because I think uh, next this week's big as well. It's not a determining factor, but you've got to make a call one way or the other moving forward because you need to know who and where you're going by early signing period, and you can't wait until post-Iowa to get a yes. You need to have a yes in your back pocket, whether it's Mickey, you've seen enough, you're working day-to-day with him. The thing Mickey could do is get paid, but also you could have a monster pool of money to put a really kick-butt staff together and go fix those problems. Uh, and, and, And maybe he's the guy to do it. Problem is right now, you still have a year left of divisions. P.J. Flex, a phenomenal coach. He can do it down dudes due to COVID, or he can do it 
with a limited offense, but guess what? He's going to figure out what he can trust, and he's going to go do it, and he's going to make you stop him, and he'll have a good defense. Uh, Jeff Brom right now, big game shaping up against Illinois. The pig farmer in two years has flipped it. Yes, he's inherited, but he is meshed. They've won ball games. Fitz is having another tough year, but don't be surprised if they, as bad as they are, they don't bite somebody or push somebody to the limit before the year's done. Iowa's won a lot of ball games despite Junior running the offense. They're still four and four. Wisconsin's finding themselves. Whether they go with Lenny or go higher outside, we shall see. But they've been winning a lot of ball games for a long time. You are up against it currently. You are the worst team in your division right now. You're the probably third to worst team in the Big Ten right now. You have some difference makers on offense, but one of them may not go for you Saturday. All those things are helping shape a decision if you're Trev Alberts. And based on what you saw, if you're Trev Alberts, that spark, that magic, that energy, gone in the second half. That's not good. Uh, and it was gone because your backup quarterback got, your, your starting quarterback got knocked out. What I've seen from the defensive side, good rebound against uh, Illinois. Illinois' offense clearly not produced, but the defense was ready to go. So you're sitting in judgment right now trying to figure out what's best for Nebraska football. And are you off the Mickey wagon? A lot of polls are out there. It's midterm season. <laughs> and it, it is, has, it, it's flipped. At least what's out there on social media. Has the Mickey support flipped for you? We'll, we'll talk about that next year at Hale Varsity. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe. Promo code GBR. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity. We're presented by Currency, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We talked a lot about physicality. I know Illinois mashed on the line from time to time, but I don't know that Nebraska got ultimately dominated. It wasn't great, but it wasn't as terrible as it could have been. I had visions of... Melvin Gordon running through my head. They contained Brown enough. To, can, can Nebraska do it again? Do enough against Mo, And then there's Allen. <laughs> there's, then there's a good old Blake waiting in Michigan. Uh, Brennan emails in. Seeing this team live really opened my eyes as to how soft the DTs are. Uh, he's talking about the polar bear. There's zero reason that guy should get worked that hard off the ball and Illinois just they had their moments on the interior right Nebraska was fast and physical on the edge I love the fact that they had a number of guys around the football Jeff chimes in I, I still hope Mickey gets the head coaching job not his staff not his players Nebraska hurt themselves Illinois didn't impress me as much as I thought they would so 
Uh, Don chimes in, if Nick Mickey's not going to be the head coach, why would they be out recruiting and making offers? Looks like he will be the head coach. Mickey said early, Don, that uh, he's going to uh, try and lead the program better than he found it, and, and he's going to – the coaches themselves, they're going to act like they're going to be here. So they're going to try and put Nebraska in the best position. I think whether he gets the head job or not, Mickey's got the opportunity, and it's said as much in the Dellinger article that, that Mickey will have an opportunity, Elijah, to stay. Mm-hmm. You, you give him whatever he wants to stay if you don't name him. The question we're asking right now, did uh, your your Mickey meter take a bit of a hit because of Illinois? And to me, it did a little bit. I'm not saying he shouldn't get the job. I'm just saying I expected more from them, as well as they've looked since he's shifted how they practice, okay? I was expecting the the next man up mentality to be a reality. I was expecting better from the second team. And maybe it's the groceries they're working with. That's very fair, too. But you as a coach, it's your job to figure out what they can do well and put something together that gives you a chance to compete. Not supposed to win. What Nebraska did during the 94 season is unheard of. Mm-hmm. To go beat Kansas State with the Terminator, they had so much talent around them. They had a guy manage it. And then Beringer to go 7-0. and Really good quarterback, great talent around him, wonderful team chemistry, culture, all that. It's unheard of to, to, to do what Nebraska did as a backup, but they've shown they can do it. Well, look look at Bama this year. They lost Bryce Young, and who do they have waiting in the wings? A five-star. Yet their offense still doesn't look the same when the five-star comes in. Plenty of teams have struggled with the backup yes. quarterback. That, that's not an indictment on Mickey. I don't even think that's an indictment on Whipple. Plenty of teams, including some of the best in the world, have, have struggled whenever their starting quarterback goes out. It happens. Like... As I, as I said with Coach uh, uh, McBride, mm-hmm. plenty of teams have been taken to the woodshed with their backup quarterback in the football game. That happens. But whenever you boil this down simply, what Trev is looking for, based on Nebraska's resources and fan support and its brand new facility opening up, Trev is looking for a head coach that is going to be the cream of the crop in the Big Ten West. And the question that, that I'm asking myself is, has Mickey shown me this season that he at least has the potential to be the best coach, the best head coach in the Big Ten West, the cream of the crop. And if it's not a resounding yes, you go to a guy with a resume that that shows you that that it is a resounding yes, that he has the potential to be the top of the Big Ten West. It it has to be a resounding yes from Mickey, and that's why I think Saturday's game was a blow on his head coaching Mm -hmm. candidacy because it's it's go time for Trev. Trev has to make a decision in probably the next three weeks. He has to have his guy lined up. Mm -hmm. And if it's not a resounding yes that Mickey Joseph has the potential to be the best coach in the Big Ten West, you go elsewhere. Who would you hire in the West to step in right now? Mickey versus who? Would you take Fleck over Mickey? Toss your personal take aside Look in the mirror. Can the guy coach football and does he win? Yes. Mm-hmm. Bielema, yes. Yeah. Okay. Ferentz, what in leaving? I, I don't know that. That I don't but, know. But, that, but if, I don't if, know that Fleck or Bielema are are options either. Right. I'm just saying. Look at Fitzgerald. You'd take. I think you'd take about everybody. And this isn't a shot at Mickey, but there's there's guys that have been in the league a while now that have shown the ability to develop and, and win ugly and win gritty and, and win in ways without your, your first team. And that's the name of the game for Wisconsin. That's been the name of the game for Minnesota. 
uh, and and honestly, Iowa and Northwestern. Northwestern's never going to out talent you most parts, but they find a way to get it done. Marky uh, writes in on the uh, Streamyard. Do we really think the gap between quarterback one and two is as wide throughout the country as it clearly is here? That statement's an indictment of the staff, current and former. Yeah, both past and current needed to have pretty ready or be able to go with Smothers. They didn't. And that that's why it was you couldn't squeeze a drop out of the offense in but, the second but, half. But to get back to your point about could a guy like Bielema step in as the interim head coach and do just as well as Mickey, if not better? I'd say yes, because I look at that performance last year that they put up against Nebraska. In his first game as head coach, the starting quarterback gets gets knocked out of the game. Brandon Peters gets knocked out of the game, and your offensive game plan goes out the window because now you got a completely different quarterback in Arthur Sitkowski that's got to come in and lead your offense. And uh, you know what? You know what? He had a game plan for Sitkowski. Sitkowski came in and outperformed Brandon an Peters. Abil- they had ability to go run the football, though. You had ability to do something else. Uh, Matt makes a good point. We'll get to the phones in a moment. Uh, right now, Matt says Mickey's letting Whipple decide whether or not he'll get the job. Cut ties with Whipple and do the simplest thing you can. Listen, I think Whipple's a really good coach, but you got to show the adaptability. Who's with us? Yeah, Pete on the line. Pete, go ahead. Yeah, I want to give my opinion. You know, I was a big uh, Mickey Joseph supporter, and I've kind of changed a little bit. And part of the problem is I don't know the dynamics. You know, when Scott Frost was there, him and Whipple would kind of argue. And and Mickey Joseph does not want to run this style of offense. If you listen to Mickey and what he says, you listen to Trev and what he says, this offensive coordinator does not fit what they want for the future in Nebraska. So I don't know if this Whipple was hired and he had complete control and nobody could uh, – override him or what it just seems like mickey joseph does not have the authority to override uh whipple so i guess you'd have to really know the dynamics if that is the case then i can't blame mickey for the offense because he's being overridden he's the head, not he, being overridden if he's not being overridden then I'm sorry. Mickey has to put his foot down. If he's not willing to put his foot down and, and it's his team and do what he wants, then maybe he's not the guy for the job. And the real guy for the job, too, that I've always been high on is Jerry Kill. And I'm going to bring up his name until we get somebody hired because I think he's an excellent coach. I think he is, too, Pete. I just think he's got too many health concerns. Thank you for the phone call. I know he's back in coaching, but why is he at New Mexico State with his track record mm. with Kill? Uh, Joe says, good afternoon, guys. Is Harburg an option at quarterback? Ten ints or too many from Casey. Can uh, Mickey find a solid quarterback from a JUCO ranks? That's for next season. <laughs> the here and now is what's important. Yep, yep. And, 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 and Mickey, the, the transfer portal is going to be even more crazy this offseason than it was last season. There's going to be people available in the transfer portal so let's let's yeah as i'm, I'm with you let's let that lie until the transfer portal actually you, 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 you need to have control of what you can do plan a and plan b on offense for saturday figure out something that can work miss us come here brother give me a hug bring it in for the real thing we're on call for you catch the podcast at hailvarsity.com the espn lincoln app or download them on itunes saddle up partner back to hail varsity radio big thanks to your input on the stream yard in the email bag and on the phone lines today uh, recapping illinois and talking mickey and his candidacy 
not completely dead, but they need a, a 180. And they don't even have to win, but it would help. They got to look a hell of a lot better on offense and keep the same defensive intensity. We'll get more into Minnesota week tomorrow and beyond. We'll have Coach Mark Manning, some Husker wrestling tomorrow. Coach will be in studio with us. That's the plan anyway. Jay Moore will join mm-hmm. us. Uh, black shirt Husker NFL or Jay Moore, big red wrap-up Jay. And then Mitch Sherman will join us. Good stuff from Coach McBride. Again, podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Pick the segments you want. And also, uh, Coach McBride can grab the whole show as well. Uh, Audio-wise, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Give us a review. We love your input, uh, good, bad, or ugly. Also, uh, the show is streamed and videoed for you on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. But right now, it's it's waning right now, his candidacy. A uh, chance to, to pick that momentum back up. I wonder what the fan base will be like uh, at 11 a.m. if it's 55 and rainy. Uh, it seems that, that momentum and juice and energy, all that good stuff's taking a bit of a hit, and it goes from bad to worse if you're thinking out loud, oh, God, what's the offense going to be like? Right, you don't have a lot of hope right now. It's a far different cry from that Mickey hope. I think he'll coach the kids up. I think he'll get them ready, much more ready on offense this week. What 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 do you get out of performance and execution uh, as Saturday nears? Uh, they got a lot of work to do. See if they can get ready for it. Pretty Husker heavy Monday, which you'd expect, but they can't look uh, as as just inept as they did in the second half, you'll be going up against another good defense. You got to find a way. Got to make some chicken salad. <laughs> you got to go with the right personnel. Figure out who that is and then get them to go play ball. That's what that's what these guys did uh, when they took over. Uh post Oklahoma obviously, but look, they've shown they can do it. You can't let one moment just monumental injury hose you f- for the rest of the season or Listen, you may not win another game. You may not match up very well, but you can't go out just getting curb stomped. Well, I mean, you, you can't keep on doing the exact same thing expecting different results. If the run game's not working, you got to get more creative. And we saw that a little bit with Purdue. I mean, they tried to get Trey Palmer involved in the run game, and it worked that one time. Yeah, and, well, it worked. And, yeah, and, and, but you can't keep on doing the exact same thing, especially, and that's what I saw in the second half. You kept on throwing Chubba Purdy out there despite the fact that it wasn't working. So... I think you need to have a couple different game plans ready for Minnesota just in case you go out there and it doesn't work. Get more creative. Get some quarterback run game going if, if your running back running game is not working. Uh, you know, find some more creative ways to get the, the ball to Trey Palmer in space. Like, I'm not an offensive coordinator. I'm not making the big bucks for a reason, but it, it's just it, it's maddening to watch sitting at home saying, I know exactly what's going to happen on this play because Mark Whipple is going to call his offense and Chubba Purdy is not able to run it right now. The second half was just maddening. And we'll see if, there's, if there is change, because I think there needs to be a big change with this offense if Casey Thompson is not the guy. Something's got to look massively different if you want to stand a chance against Minnesota. Well, good luck and God bless figuring out who is the guy. <laughs> it's Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 4. Plenty of thoughts from Mickey and Nebraska on Media Day. Thanks. A Huda Media Production.